You're listening to Blind Entrepreneurship, an interview series podcast that highlights the stories of the top business professionals around the world. In each episode, we explore how entrepreneurs overcame blindness in business in order to execute their vision. Brought to you by Benji. I am your host, Jonathan Grzbowski, and today we have Shane Barker on the show. Shane is an accomplished digital marketing consultant. From working with celebrities on digital reputation management to obtaining number one national ranking with ProScore as a social media consultant, Shane has built an impressive list of accomplishments in digital marketing and has a regular contributor to publications like Salesforce, Yahoo Business, Marketing profes- uh, Professionals, uh, and others. He continues to grow and share his knowledge. Shane is an active member of Sacramento Startup Culture, donating time and resources to help young companies build and optimize their business from napkin sketch to revenue. He is a regular at hackathons and startup events, mentoring and guiding other entrepreneurs. And you can hear a lot of that directly within the conversation that we have today on the show. We talk more than just about uh, the startup scene and the hackathons and the mentoring and the guiding. We get really deep into sales and uh, something that is near and dear to my heart, which is growing businesses. Sales cures everything, and you'll be able to hear some unique approaches and strategies from the creative mind of Shane from not only a social media aspect, but also an influencer aspect. So enjoy today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Penji. Are you in charge of marketing for your business and need graphic design support? Let Penji design anything you need for your business, from a logo to your marketing materials, sales sheets, social media content, and so much more. Penji helps you achieve more with unlimited graphic design support, daily output, and a dedicated project manager, all at one flat monthly rate. We have an exclusive offer to the Blind Entrepreneur community. Head over to penji.co and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month. Again, that's penji.co, P-E-N-J-I dot C-O, and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month of Penji. And now, let's get to today's episode. Shane, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this. I'm excited too. Uh, So is it true that from time to time you do naked hiking? So yeah, so you, you're probably <laughs> referring to my Instagram and there has been, I mean, there has been a few sightings um, and there has been certain situations. I think on that one, I think I was naked. I, what happened was I actually had a UFO grab me, pick me up. They asked me some questions. They usually strip you down to make sure that there's nothing weird happening. Um, and then they put you back down there. And then I, when I came back down, there was a deer uh, that there that was kind of judging me because I was naked. But uh, you know, I mean, what was I supposed to do? The aliens had my clothes. Absolutely. So t- for the sake of the conversation, I don't necessarily think that it was in fact naked hiking because you do have hashtag I have shorts on. However, yeah. it was a, a very funny and I love the, the picture, especially just the way that the, uh, the deer is just kind of lurking in and your, your, your smile is, is perfect. Well, I, I did put shorts, but they were actually booty shorts. So they were very, very small shorts. And I only wear those when I'm camping just because I want to feel free. I mean, it's the only way to do it, right? What better way to I mean, feel free than to do it in nature? I mean, that's it, right? I mean, that's it. The only unfortunate part is, once again, you get that one deer that's, like, judging you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, bud, I get it. Like, you know, you get to run around naked all day, and I'm not staring at you. But right. anyway, it is what it is, you know? 
Exactly. I love the humor, and I'm sure your humor in particular is going to be a cornerstone to the way that you're able to sell and market things. And a large portion of this conversation that I'd like to talk about is my personal favorite topic, which is growing your revenue. And you have some incredible tips, uh, incredible insight, and a background um, surrounding that. And so I'd love to get the foundation when it comes to growing your revenue with whether it's digital marketing or something more. Um, Could you give us, like, what is the foundation and the, the place that we need to begin in order to grow our revenue, uh, regardless of the business that we're in. Yeah, I mean, I think it really comes down to, you know, when it comes to growing revenue, there's there's some foundational stuff. And some of it, um, if they've listened to your podcast, might sound a little cliche, but it really is the foundation of this thing, right? So one of the things you want to do, whether it's digital marketing, whether it's influencer marketing, whether it's SEO, whether it's PPC, however you're going to uh, generate more revenue, it really comes down to one, having a clear understanding of your goals, right? You have to figure out what you're looking to do. Um, and that's, you want to establish those ahead of time. So you're going to say, hey, with my SEO or with my PPC or with my content creation, this is the goal. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm looking to do. And, and make sure you have a realistic timeline. Um, you know, a lot of the times when we talk with, you know, potential clients that will come to us, that's one of the things that we do is we ask qualifying questions to find out what is their expectation. You know, if they say, hey, I want to spend 10000 dollars and I'd like to make you know five hundred thousand dollars within three months uh, probably not gonna happen I mean I'd love for that to happen that would be a great success story but so it really comes down to your goals and so then I ask them like okay what are your goals your goals are to make five hundred thousand and what you know which avenues or which platforms are you looking to go after hey I want to do PPC I want to do SEO and content not a problem let's set up timelines for each one of those let's set up goals for each one right content and seo are going to take a lot longer than a ppc play right ppc can happen potentially overnight if you get the ads together i mean probably not overnight let's say a week where you're getting everything together and and, and once can you set goals for that and, and everything is going to take some testing so that's what you have to figure out but if you don't have a goal in mind you know, I always joke around about you know if you're going to go run a marathon and you know if at the end of the marathon if they don't tell you it's 26.2 miles and they just go hey man just keep going you're like, I don't even know when I'm going to get to the end. Like this whole marathon thing's kind of crazy. Like there is really no end game. I don't know when I get there. Well, obviously the point of this is that you want to be able to have those goals and say, hey, this is the goal is, and then build it backwards and build your campaigns from there. Um, and then also figure out what kind of campaign you want to run, right? There's a lot of different ways to run campaigns. Um, you know, there's, you can do uh, just video, you can do uh, written content, you can do interviews, you can do press releases, you can do podcasts, you can do, you know, there's a hundred different ways to, to be able to get your message out. Um, and you have to figure out what you think if you're looking at your audience and once you have your goals in place, you have to think about who your audience is. And then you want to figure out, hey, where is that audience hanging out at? Right? And what kind of content are they consuming? And, and these days as entrepreneurs, it becomes um, difficult and daunting, right? I mean, it's when I, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years. You know, when we first started doing entrepreneurship, there wasn't a lot of internet stuff, right? So it was kind of like this, like, wow, like, you know, try to think about like before the internet, like, how did you start a business? Like, you're like, well, I'm going to go start a business. You're like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, don't know. I'm just going to go start it. Like, it's like, how do you, like, how did you do research and how did you figure stuff out? You know, I mean, there was like maybe the census or something, but there's just not, there wasn't a lot. Now you have the internet, which is phenomenal, right? And you have softwares and you have all these cool things that you can leverage um, to be able to become a better entrepreneur. The only downside to it is, you know, you have 15, 20, 30, a hundred different platforms that you can be on, right? So we have to figure out like, okay, where do we need to be as an entrepreneur, right? Where do we need to run these campaigns and what kind of campaigns do we need to run? So 
it isn't a like, hey, we think this is our perfect avatar. We're going to go run this campaign. Um, we're going to go ahead and put, you know, $5,000 into it. And then we're going to retire and, and go to Jamaica and, and drink Mai Tais um, and do whatever else people do in Jamaica, right? And just hang out. So it, it really takes it, it takes that constant grind and that constant figuring out of, of exactly, once again, what kind of messaging needs to happen and really where your audience is going to be at. You, you mentioned something that um, you mentioned a goal right in the very beginning and in, you use this as an example and you said five, uh, five you want to make five hundred thousand dollars right yeah um, for the and, and I, I'll speak from this from experience so um, I had a, a very large goal right similar I'd say similar to to what you just said and I found myself in the world of social media and in the world of marketing the world of selling being incredibly stressed out because I wasn't able to reach that goal as quickly as I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And because that goal was so large that it ended up bringing me down into a relatively, you know, depression because of mm -hmm. that. And so yeah. I'd like to hear from your perspective, how important is it is to have a goal a, and then obviously how important is it for that goal to be hyper specific to whatever it is that you want and is 500,000 for example a a specific enough goal that can lead you down the path of prosperity yeah i mean that's a phenomenal question yeah what it really comes down to is is realistic goals and i'm not saying 500,000 isn't realistic but what you have to figure out on the other side of that is the the timeline to get that done right so it's it's not a problem to put goals out there that are aggressive right because you always want to have you know because if they're extremely easy to hit and you're like wow this is kind of easy the idea of it i mean that's the reason why we have salespeople and we have you know a base salary and we say but if you hit this goal then you're going to get xyz right you're going to get a, some kind of a bonus or you'll get a day off or whatever that is whatever your incentive is but with with aggressive um, goal setting, there's not a problem with that. But what I usually recommend is like, let's say if you're brand new, you're just starting off, nobody knows about your software, your company, and you want to get to 500,000, I would set smaller milestones, right? I would set something to the, hey, let's, why don't we, once we get to 50,000, then we're going to do this, right? So the analogy I always use is, let's say, um, you know, if you want to lose weight and you want to lose, and you're like, God, I, you know, I've been eating cupcakes for, you know, 15 years and I just every day and drinking coffee and, you know, drinking Red Bulls and stuff. And I just haven't been real healthy and I want to lose a hundred pounds. Well, that's a huge goal, right? I mean, it probably took you, let's say 10 years to, to gain the hundred pounds. You can't expect to lose that hundred pounds in, in two months. Um, right. So what you have to look at is like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lose 20 pounds, right? Because I think that can happen in six months or whatever the timeline is. Um, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to go out and have some fun and do this and do that. Hopefully not, you know, go too crazy. And then I'm going to jump back on and go for it. So the idea is, is you want to set these realistic goals. And I, you know, I'm never one to tell somebody, hey, you can't hit 500,000. Um, I will tell them they can't hit 500,000 if they said, hey, we want to do that in three months. And if I think that's unrealistic. So from us, when we ask these types of qualifying questions, we work with clients, we just want to make sure that we think what their goal is, is realistic. Um, and, and if you want to hit 500,000 in six months, then you better have probably 20, 25,000 a month in budget to really be able to hit this thing hard. We're going to have to hit it from all angles. We're going to have to get the content buzzing. We're going to have to get the SEO going. We're going to have to get the PPC going. And there's going to be a lot of hands on deck. And you can do that. But most companies don't start off with, 
um, hey, Shane, I want to get to 500,000 and I have 20, 25,000 a month and we're ready to like knock the doors off this thing, right? We're, we're going to ride this thing till the wheels fall off. You know, my team can handle that and there's other teams that can handle that. But you have to, once again, there's, I mean, even though you can go all hands on deck, there is going to be some A-B testing. There's going to be some other stuff that's going to happen. Um, and I really think in the beginning, you want to kind of figure out which, which, you know, which one of those platforms or which one of those, um, you know, how you want to go about it and then really specialize in that and really start to knock that out. I mean, it's, you know, you can go after five different things, but just know that it's going to be very expensive. Um, and there's going to be a lot of learning that happens along that way. And sometimes it, you know, the learning takes a little longer and you just want to kind of slow it down. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love that. And I think that's a perfect segue into, uh, you said the word expensive and digital marketing and, and influencer marketing can be incredibly expensive. And so I love to, you know, obviously we have the goal set. We, we know what we want. Now we have potentially either some money or no money at all. Let's, let's get into how we can uh, grow our revenue because we all at the end of the day need more revenue in order to do the things that we want. So what are some techniques and strategies that have worked particularly well for you and for your clients? Yeah, when it comes to revenue, once again, whether you have a budget or don't have a budget. So if you don't have a budget, that's okay because you know, everybody starts there most of the time, right? Not everybody has a, a rich uncle or an investor that's going to <laughs> jump into your idea and give you money, right? If so. Uh, it's always nice to find those uncles, but unfortunately, that's a whole nother ball of wax when you borrow money. But um, yeah, if you're if you're bootstrapping this thing and you're kind of you know going and saying, hey, listen, we want to kind of figure this out, you're going to have to trade something. It's either you're trading money or time, right? So um, you're if you're going to you don't have the money, but you want to go in and and you know go after certain certain things. What I would recommend is you you figure out which platforms or or which avenues you want to go, whether it's SEO, PPC. You have to figure out what's going back it up and into what your goals are. And then I, what I always recommend is I hire somebody to help me with that. So when I say, when we say no budget, I mean, there's gotta be something there, right? You're going to have to, you're going to need some help. And so what I usually recommend is either a, I'm hiring a mentor to come in and say, Hey, Shane, this is kind of, I've seen your product. I see your service. This is what you're providing. Um, I'm going to help you with the strategy and then your team or you can go implement it. And that way you have some kind of structure to it and somebody that will hold you accountable, but will also look at what you have going on. Um, most of the time you can find a mentor or somebody on a, let's say it's, you know, get a freelancer.com or somebody like that, that is actually done this before that's done PPC ads, right? Assuming that you don't have any background in, in what you're going to be doing. It's important to have somebody kind of steering the ship a little bit. Um, and if you don't have experience with that, you need to find somebody that's going to help you with that. And that, that can be, usually it's an hourly type uh, situation where they can, you know, like I'll, I'll put strategies together for clients and I'll say, hey, listen, you guys will implement it. And we'll talk once a week or maybe once a month or whatever that is. But I give them like kind of like this homework, these things to do, because also it's, you know, it's the, it's the, the old saying of like, I can either give you a fish or teach you how to fish. Um, and so I think that's important. People need to realize or, or you can go and read, you know, there's plenty of blogs out there. My blog, I talk about strategies for any kind of digital marketing. So you can go there and join the newsletter and go in and, and get this knowledge of like, hey, if I want to do SEO, how do I go about it? And there's plenty of people that write about it. You can go and get some research and do some research, figure it out. Or you can go to like Udemy or there's some other websites that have these courses for $49. If you're a real go-getter, you can go in there yourself, learn how to do it, and then go and implement that time. 
Um, and you know, a lot of the times as entrepreneurs and as business owners in the beginning, we do, we're everything, right? We're the president, we're the secretary, we're the treasurer, we're the, you know, we clean the toilets, we do everything, right? There's, cause we don't have a team. So, you know, and that's understandable, but I think what you need to look at is, is make your list of things that you need to do to be able to get a campaign going and figure out where you think you can do it and then and where you're gonna to need to outsource. Because if you don't outsource and you try it all yourself, you can, there's could be a huge waste of money and a huge waste of time because it could take you six months a year to learn to do PPC when you could have just taken a course or hired a mentor and had somebody that helped you once again steer this ship as you kind of go down this road. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so now let's get into the more practical sense because um, I think SEO, PPC, um, cop, uh, like email newsletters, and even influencer marketing has been a cornerstone to our growth here at Penji. Um, but it's hard to figure out which one to focus on first. And so I know that for a fact that you've had a lot of experience with influencer marketing and I'd love to just hear your take on that and, and why is it beneficial? Why should we be potentially, in, if not investing in it directly, um, at least looking into it? Yeah, I would, I would drop everything you're doing to do influencer marketing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't do that. Do not do that. That was a joke. Um, no, you know, really when it comes to influencer marketing, influencer marketing is no different than SEO PPC in the sense that it should be, or could be a, a piece of, of your, your marketing tools, right? That you're using of your tool set. So it's not something that I was being facetious at the beginning, like, Hey, drop everything and just do influencer marketing. I would not do that. Right. Unless you have, unless you're, you know, hasn't worked with PPC and SEO and, and you're looking at this thing and going, okay, well, how do I go about this? I, I have a lifestyle type product or I have a product that's very unique. And I think that if people talked about this product um, that had some kind of influence over, over their community that we could see some sales there. Um, and, and influencer marketing is, I mean, really, it's just word of mouth marketing, right? There's nothing, anything too revolutionary about it, except for, you know, a lot of people don't know how to do it the right way. I mean, I actually teach a class at UCLA. Um, actually, well, I have in the past is it's a personal branding and how to be an influencer course. So I show influencers or potential influencers on how to work with brands and brands, how to work with influencers, because there's just still this disconnect of like, how do we work together, right? You have a, somebody who is an influencer that has a good social following, right? Let's say it's on Instagram. Um, a lot of the times these influencers aren't marketers. They're a yoga instructor, they're, you know, whatever this is, and they don't know how to monetize necessarily. And then you have a brand that reaches out to them and you have two people trying to put a campaign together. And, and really I'm working on my goal this year, next year, and moving forward is the education. So we've actually, I've built a course out of how to be an influencer.com on and what that does is that the, we're almost done with all the curriculum but what it is is based off the ucla teachings um, that i put together curriculum i put together for the students and it's to help people better understand how to build a personal brand right you need to have a great personal brand and then that can tie into once again being an influencer and how to pitch brands but if you are a, a business owner and you're looking at this thing and saying okay well you know hey i want to do influencer marketing how do i go about it first of all get educated right no different than i said you know talk about seo or ppc Go. My blog has tons of stuff on it. There's a lot of great bloggers out there that write about influencer marketing. I've been doing influencer marketing for about seven years now. I've been writing about it for probably about five years. 
Um, and I do a lot of keynote speeches and, and fun stuff like that in regards to the space because it's continuously evolving. And once again, I really want to help educate people on, on how to do it correctly. But influencer marketing is something where, you know, there's plenty of different ways to find influencers. Um, once again, it just depends on your product or service and where you think your audience is at, kind of like it was we touched on earlier. So is your audience A, on Instagram because you have a, you know, you have a new type of like yoga mat that flies or something crazy, right? And you're like, God, oh, this is awesome. I think this is a lifestyle play because this go well on Instagram because the pictures and the video aspects of it. Um, and then I think people will be really, really wowed by it. And it usually it's a $500 price point and I can give them away for free. And then what I do is if I give one away for free, then the influencer would need to put, you know, some kind of a, a plan together, some kind of a, a strategy together on what they're going to do for um, if they were to get my free yoga mat. Or if I have a budget of, you know, $2,500, um, you know, you go to the influencer and say, hey, I have a budget of $2,500. Well, first of all, if it's only $2,500, I wouldn't just put that into one influencer. So that's probably a, a good tip because, you know, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, right? I mean, the idea of this is that you want to diversify a little bit. So if you want to go after Kim Kardashian and you have this yoga mat and your budget's $500 or $2,500, she's probably not going to listen. So we might want to come back a little bit and go after somebody that, that doesn't, you know, have that crazy of a following, but we call them micro-influencers. So they have a smaller follower count, which is, you know, something that we look at follower count is a variable of this whole thing but I want to make sure that people don't look at that as the number one thing because there's algorithms for you know Instagram and for YouTube and for all these these platforms and so just because somebody has a million followers on Instagram doesn't mean that you get a million eyeballs actually well that'd be two million eyeballs because hopefully everybody has two eyeballs you wouldn't get two million eyeballs on your product or service and so something that people have to realize is just because they have a high follower count it's not always that doesn't always mean it's going to be instant sales you really want to find somebody that's relevant to your brand so if i have this yoga mat that floats obviously i want to go after yoga people right i, I mean i can go after kim kardashian let's say i had you know a million dollars to pay her that might be good but the problem is if she's not doing yoga and she's not highly relevant to my product I don't think I'm going to be able to to be able to make any money off that or at least break even on the campaign. Now, if you go after Kim Kardashian or whoever and it's makeup and she didn't have a makeup line and all she talks about was makeup for two years, then maybe you could jump in there and, and say, hey, we want to be the exclusive makeup provider for you. And this is the kind of relationship that we want to have. But you have to make sure that the influencer is willing to a, promote your product and, and really come up with a strategy and how they're going to do that. So it's not uh, a one time, hey, I'm just going to post one picture holding on to your eyeliner um, and smile and say, hey, go buy this, right? It needs to be a lot more of that. It's a frequency deal of like, hey, for $2,500, I'm willing to do, you know, I'm willing to do an unboxing on YouTube. I'm willing to uh, do a video and write a blog post on my blog. And then I'm willing to put up three Instagram posts and one Instagram stories for $2,500. And that's really what you have to figure out is where the disconnect is, is people assume just because you put up one picture with one influencer that it's going to drive sales. It's no different than anything else. You have to test influencers. You have to test platforms and figure out where you're going to get the most traction. Yeah. And, and something that you, you brought up, um, the floating yoga mat, for example, and I see a lot of um, businesses that have products use influencer marketing and they do it extremely well. But I don't necessarily see a lot of service-based businesses doing influencer marketing. What, what is your opinion on product slash service-based when it comes to influencer marketing? 
Yeah, I mean, when you have a product, it is a little easier, right? In the sense that you, you know, I mean, it just depends on the product and what platform you want to go after. Um, Service-based businesses, we've had some successes with that as well, but there are just some things that do better with influencer marketing. Like I've had, um, you know, I've had in the past, I had one of the number one agents for New York Life uh, reach out to me and said, hey, we want to do influencer marketing. Um, and I'm not saying that when I mean, we actually had some some good successes with that, but it's a little harder to sell, right? We're going to sell insurance and we're going to try to make that sexy. Um, and that's just not as sexy as the yoga mat when you're on the beach drinking your chai latte with your you know pink poodle that you have, right? Not that that's sexy, but some people look at that and go, wow, that's the life. That's the life I want to live. And somehow we try to squeak New York life insurance in there and people are like, ah, I don't know how that kind of plays in. Like, I don't really care about insurance. I'm a millennial and all I care about is my latte and make sure that I have enough foam on there and that I'm staring at the beach somehow, right? So, exactly. yeah, so that's, that's, it is a little bit more difficult, but the cool part about influencer marketing is there's really an influencer for everybody, right? So if you go after somebody that instead of going after, you know, Tanya, the swimsuit model on Instagram, what you can do is go after, you know, John, the entrepreneur, that is the, uh, jet setter that's going out and traveling and doing speaking engagements that says, hey, you guys, I'll tell you one of the biggest things when it comes to investment, one of the things you have to look at is you need to start investing in your insurance policies and in this now, because that's where most people are missing it. Now, he's going to have a better um, audience for this type of a, a sale, right? For this type of, a, a, I guess, you know, where you're educating people, because if you don't, problem is you go after the wrong the wrong individual wrong influencer and they have the wrong audience you're not it's going to be crickets you're not going to have anything good that will happen from that but if you go after the individual once again the entrepreneur the person that's talking about um, investment stuff that's saying people hey you need to you need to start investing now like problem is most people start investing when they're 30 or they're 40 or they're 50 you're not going to have the leverage that you have now if you start investing hundred dollars a month for the next 30 years then you'll have five million dollars because of you know compounding interest at the end of your 35 years so you, you once again look at the audience look at the individual look at the content they're producing look at the comments that that are being uh, written on that uh, influencers content for the type of content they're creating and then also look at how many sponsorships they're doing um, if you have an influencer that's doing a sponsorship you know like three a day then when yours comes along you know in the next two months everybody's gonna be like god like john seems really cool but all he does is seem to promote stuff. Like all he talks about is this super new, great lotion and these great shoes. And this is the best suit I've ever worn. And this is, you know, the best hotel I've ever stayed at my whole life. And it just doesn't get any better. Right. And so when you come along, when you're ad number 404,836, I don't know if it's going to have the traction that you're looking for because, you know, unfortunately John is just selling all day long and his audience starts to get a little numb to, to you know the authenticity and the fact that what he's what he's recommending is really something that he uses or enjoys how do you price it because you know i i think uh we we looked into influencer marketing um when we were an agency uh, many many years ago before penji and we thought it would be great for a couple of our clients but we always found bit difficult and looking this up online is incredibly challenging but how would you even price the engagement you know let's just say somebody has we'll use round numbers in this example 10,000 right 10,000 followers um, we're selling we'll continue the same example we're selling the floating yoga mat um, yeah how, how do you know what to give this person in order to, to promote your work Man, it's, it's one of the questions of the day, right? Like, what do we what do we pay? And what I always tell people, the, the issue with influencer marketing and like anything is that we can't, 
I can't tell you, hey, for, I mean, you can look it up online, but for 10,000 followers on Instagram, everybody should get paid $836, right? There's no like set price on, there's no standard, right? So when you go to uh, Google for PPC or Facebook ads, they have their algorithms and they go, okay, there's a lot of competition for this keyword. So we know, you know, it's an auction based situation. So, uh, or a lottery base where I, I can, you know, I can tell them, hey, it's going to cost $12 and I know that they're willing to pay that. And I can have, you know, or the person, what's going to, assuming it's relevant, can pay $15. So influencer marketing is different because each influencer is different, right? And in, in what they offer, because even influencers, because I work with them, are like, I don't know what to charge. Like, what do I charge them? Right. And so that's where we talk about the personal branding. That's why I have this course of like, hey, let me show you how to put together a media kit and really what you should charge. And the reason and be and to be able to justify the cost of that and how you're going, the reason why you're charging that. So if you are a brand or a service and you're hiring an influencer, don't be shy about telling them what your budget is. Hey, I'm, I'm hiring five influencers and I have a thousand dollars a piece. Then what you should do is go to the influencer and say, hey, John, um, you know, I looked at, I've got this really cool uh, floating yoga mat. I have a patent on that's, you know, that we've already gone through all the trade, trademark stuff. Here it is. Um, I also see that you've been a yoga instructor for about seven years. Once again, this is because you did a little research. Congratulations. Looks like you had a baby and got married about six months ago. Congratulations on that. I noticed that you haven't really um, talked about any kind of the equipment when it comes to yoga. Being a yoga instructor, we have this new floating yoga mat. Um, I was wondering if maybe if you're interested in maybe talking further about potentially working together, let me know your interest level. Right now what happens is, because influencers, if you're a good influencer, they get pitched all the time. Like, hey, let me give you a free this and do this and do that. And it becomes a situation where it's like, God, who do I, like, who do I work with? If you can educate them that, hey, I've done some research. This is why you're a perfect fit. I've already, you know, looked at a few things. And then either A, you can just say, hey, let's talk about next steps. Or even in that email, you can include something that says, hey, what we're looking at here is, you know, we have $1,000 and what we wanna do with that is we're looking for you to put together a campaign for the $1,000 budget, um, assuming that you, you like the product, what would you be willing to do? And that influencer should say, hey Shane, um, or hey John, I saw your floating yoga mat, I really like it. Um, usually, I, you know, obviously I would like to get one to be able to try it to make sure it works okay, make sure nobody hurts themselves. Um, and then for $1,000, what I'd be willing to do is a, unboxing. I would be willing to um, do 15 posts over the next three months on my Instagram stories. Um, I'd be willing to do this. And now, now you're developing something where you go, okay, as a brand for a thousand dollars, and if they're going to do an unboxing and a blog post or whatever that is, then you go, okay, I think that is fair for the price that they're giving to me. It's really what it comes down to. I mean, you can go to a website and they can recommend this and recommend that, but every influencer, the problem is, is influencers are, you know, are building this thing out on what they think is going to bring you some value. So if you say, hey, I want to, you know, $1,000 is what I have for my uh, budget per influencer. I'm working with five influencers. And my goal is these, these yoga mats are $500 a piece. And to break even, I have to sell three of them, let's say, right, to be able to, to get my $1,000 back or two of them or one, whatever the number is. So then that's the goal, right? Or you can say, hey, I wanna sell five of them. That's the goal and say, okay, to, five, to sell five of these, John, Mr. Influencer, what do you think we need to do campaign wise? And he says, well, for $1,000 and to be able to sell five, I think this is what can work. We can look at these three things, do these five things, put a campaign, do this, do that. And this is what I'm willing to do. And you as a brand or a service goes, 
Okay, I think that's fair. I also think that could move the needle so we could sell five of these. Then you agree to terms, you get a nice little, you know, one pager. So you get a, you know, it's a, a brief on really what needs to be done. So you guys understand what hashtags to use and when the content's going to go out and what you're agreeing to. That's another big problem is that people just, you know, send an email and say, all right, sounds good. And you send them a free product and then you send some money over and then you're like, Hey John, like when are you going to go live with that? And he's like, Oh man, I'm from four months out. Like I, it's not going to take four months. You're like, well, I just paid you. And he goes, yeah, that was just to solidify the spot. And like, Oh, okay. I wish we would have talked about that ahead of time. Right. And I mean, yeah. that's where the communication really comes in on this whole thing of, of like understanding what the terms are, understanding what you're going to be getting for your, for the, the money you're going to be giving up or the trades of services or whatever that may be. Um, another thing I can talk about on this as well is let's say you don't have, you know, five, $10,000 budget for influencers. Um, you can trade out just products or services with the influencer, but it really, it really needs to be what I call a value trade. So if, um, give you an example. So if you have a great influencer and you're like, Hey, John, love your content. Um, but I'll just be really honest with you. We're a startup. I don't have a crazy budget. I do have this floating yoga mat that's, you know, that retails for $500, would you be willing to do something where I give you the yoga mat? Um, and then what I can do is have my videographer come over and do some video and some footage of you. You can use that for free. We will help put the content together for you. Mm. And then, so all we're really doing is taking up two hours of your time. We can do this on a Tuesday morning when you don't have anything else going on. And now mm -hmm. what you're telling the influencer is like, Hey, the $500 yoga mat is a, is a kind of a hard example. If you have a $10 t-shirt, like you're, if you have an influencer that's creating epic content and they've got a videographer and a photographer and a makeup person, your $10 t-shirt and you're going to say, Hey, I'm going to send you a t-shirt. Can you go out and do a great photo shoot on the beach with it? And they're like, this is going to cost me $500 to go out to the beach and get my whole team out there and everything. And you're offering me a $10 shirt, right? That doesn't make sense. Like why would I go do that? I mean, I can get a $10 shirt all day long, right? So what you have to look at is like, okay, well, how about this? I'm going to send you a free $10 t-shirt my team will come out there, my videographer will be there, my photographer will be there. I'll make sure that all it's doing is taking up one hour of your time, yeah, right? Like and that. hopefully for a $10 t-shirt, they're willing to do that on a Tuesday. I mean, that's, that's what you gotta figure out. But like, hey, I, I understand there's costs that go into this. I've looked at your content, you have epic content. Um, and so what we're willing to do is use our resources on our side um, and so you don't have to use your resources and then we can go ahead and do that. And then the, the influencers either going to say yes or no. The cool part is if they go, Hey, not worth my time. Don't want to do it. Guess what? There's hundreds of thousands of influencers and there's softwares and all kinds of fun stuff that you can go down and you can go look them up and go find other influencers. So, you know, I get businesses that will come to me and go, Oh, we have to work with, you know, Jennifer Smith. And I'm like, well, who's Jennifer Smith? And she's like, she is actually the second cousin to Kim Kardashian. And I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. What does that have to do with us? Right. And they're like, well, but she's this, right. And so it's like, it comes down to people get fixated on certain influencers. If you like a certain influencer and they have a certain following and have a certain kind of message, there's 10 or 20 of them just like that. Very true. Right. And so it comes down to when I'm doing campaigns like this, if you're a business owner, you really want to, you want to drive some revenue you really need to go in and, and talk to that influencer. I always interview all the influencers to find out where they're at, you know, what the campaigns they've done in the past, what they're excited about, why they like our product. You wanna ask these questions. You're literally gonna be hiring this person. So if you're just doing an email and agreeing to terms through email, I mean, I really would try to set up some time with them. If they're local, I would set up a time with them to meet with them individually. You know, cause you wanna figure out how this is a win-win. We come in as a, as a brand and go, hey, me, me, me. 
you really should be asking the other questions too. What can we do to help support you? Like what would make it so that this could be a win-win on both sides? And they go, hey, you know, I, I would really like to be an ambassador for your product line. And sounds like you guys can do some PPC ads. Would you be willing to run my, my, the videos that you did or the pictures that I did so you can, you know, once again, help promote me as an influence? And you go, yeah, I have no problem with that. Great, now there's a value trade, right? Yeah. Now you're talking this thing out. It, but it's just one of those, you know, if you're sending out 1,000 emails and saying, hey, looking for influencers, contact us. It's, you know, you have to realize that if an influencer gets pitched 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 times a week, if they have to send 10 emails to you, right? So let's say it's 10 emails and you get pitched 50 times a week. So we have 50 times 10, which is 500 emails. And that's not even to get a deal going. I mean, it's not even a finalized deal. And then next week you get pitched 50 times. So you have to realize like time is of the essence. Like if you're very vague and they have to ask tons of questions, it becomes daunting. Right, you don't want to have to like. I'm trying to pull it out of you. Like, like I just want to know what do you want. Like, just tell me what you're offering, what you think. Yes, we can jump on a, a 10 minute phone call. Um, just kind of give me the rundown of what we're thinking, and then we can, you know, kind of figure it out from there. Yeah. So that's go ahead. Well, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's really what it comes down to. You have to remember that it's like, how do you make this a win-win if you don't have a budget? I mean, even if you do have a budget, you really should still talk with the influencers and you should really pick their brain and figure out what we can do to help grow their business as well, right? Because this is going to be, this is a, this is, you're really jumping into not a marriage, but you're jumping into a relationship, right? And you wouldn't go put something up on a dating profile and email and girl and be like, hey, I think I want you to be my girlfriend. And she goes, yeah, sounds awesome. You're like, great. when are we going to start having kids, right? I mean, the idea is this is you're, you're developing a relationship. So talk to the influencer, figure out, you know, you guys have some synergies, tell them about future things you're working on, get them excited about it, and then figure out how it can be a win-win. The, the first thing that comes to my mind while, while explaining that was the idea of a sales funnel. And yeah. you do all these things, you find the influencer, you pay them right. Um, now it comes down to sales funnels. And so I'd like to hear you doing all the right things when it comes to your PPC, when it comes to your SEO, when it comes to your influencer marketing, how do we then convert these people into a sale? Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to the messaging, right? It's like, how do we get them, you know, hey, how do we drive that traffic to your website? Um, I, I think another big thing to realize too, and if anybody is a, you know, is an entrepreneur and they're only on Instagram or only on YouTube, um, my, my suggestion to you would be to diversify. And what I mean by that is, you know, and this is one of the things we talk about in the, the course that I, that I created for the influence or how to be an influencer.com is don't rely on just one platform. So if you're a, a business owner and you're only doing Instagram, Instagram can change your algorithm. In fact, they will. That's the only guarantees. They'll change your algorithm. You won't be happy about that. So make sure you have a website. Make sure you have a place where you're selling your products and services. And all of these social profiles should be where you're going to be driving the traffic, right? So if we want to get more revenue. We go and I create a piece of content. I put it on YouTube. I put it on LinkedIn. I put it on wherever I think my audience is at. I'm driving the traffic to my website. And then once you get them on the website, you got to figure out what you're going to do to convert these individuals. Because most of the time, if you're driving 100 people to your website, 98% if not higher, aren't going to do anything, right? So we have to figure out the 2% will sign up for your newsletter or maybe buy something, depends what your conversion rates are. 
So we have to figure out how do we, how do we increase that number of the amount of people that are inquiring or doing something. So, you know, whether that be um, uh, them to sign up for a newsletter or get a free download, you know, whatever, 10 ways to better work with an influencer for my website. So people say, oh my God, I'm a brand. I want to work with influencers. So they pull, they download the, the ebook and then great, now I have their information. I can put them, take them down some, some kind of a funnel or educate them on influencer marketing, whatever that is. Um, but it really comes down to like the conversion, right? No matter how you're driving that traffic is, how do you get people to once again download something or to take something on or to sign up for something? And, and, it, and really that just comes down to, I mean, there's, like I said, newsletters, there's pop-ups, there's all kinds of stuff that can happen there. You just have to figure out how you get their information. Now that you have their information, what are you going to do with it? Right? Because a lot of people collect the information and then don't do anything. Like for me, if somebody comes to my site, they're, we're going to collect their information, but I'm going to know whether they want to know about influencer marketing, whether they want to know about SEO, PPC, whether they want to know about consulting. And then I, my emails are very specific to those individuals. So if you sign up for one thing, um, let's say it's influencer marketing, and that's, and that's what you're going to get emails specific about that because I'm assuming that's what you want because you came into that. So we've really filtered down our audience. It's not, I mean, it's not hard to do, but it takes some time to do that. You have to get the right amount of traffic. But in the beginning, just pull the people in and, and do a newsletter and, and keep them excited about some stuff. A newsletter, you know, I, you read about it all the time. Some people are like, oh, newsletters are, you know, you don't do it anymore. Why do it? And there's other people, it's like, I put out my newsletter because every time I put out a new product or service, I'm like printing money. You know, I instantly get five, ten thousand $10,000 in sales. And so, you know, you want to be in control of your audience. As I touched on, is you can be on Instagram and have subscribers on YouTube something happens, an algorithm changes, they ban you, whatever. Like I'll give you an example. Just yesterday, this literally just happened to me yesterday. You, I was, I was verified on YouTube and they just told me I'm no longer verified on YouTube for no reason, nothing. Like they didn't say, Hey, you're in violation. They didn't say, Hey Shane, you're posting stuff about politics or abortion or something crazy that we shouldn't be talking about. Literally they was like, Hey man, we gave you the, the check we're just going to have to take that back, but you're really, you're really not that big of a deal. And I'm like, wow, that kind of hurts a little bit, but, but okay. I mean, it is what it is. I don't run my business off of YouTube. So that wasn't a big blow for me, but for some people that could be a big deal because the verification, usually if you're verified, they open up their algorithm a little bit because they assume you have something good to say and that you know, more, you can have more people following you and stuff. So literally I didn't ask for that. And they just took that away. Once again, not a big deal. Cause I have, you know, I mean, I have a team and I have, I'm, I have a good following on all the different things and I drive that traffic to my website. Plus I have good SEO. We do a lot of organic stuff. So it's not that big of a deal for me, but for somebody else that could have been, you know, that could have been the death blow for them. It was like, Oh my God, now the algorithm's going to shut down on me. I'm not going to have as many people. And now how am I going to grow my business? Yeah. Uh, based off of what I'm hearing you say is that yes, algorithms can change, but the only thing that is yours, truly yours, are the emails that are given to you based off of your lead generation. Yeah, this is the thing. The only guarantee in life is that the algorithms will change and it's not going to be in your favor. I'm mm -hmm. telling you right now, like if you look at the history, you're only going to complain about what's going on. It doesn't get better. Like Facebook, what they did is so Facebook comes in and says, hey, let's have, let's open this thing up. Let's get tons of traffic and traction and people are awesome. And this is nothing against Facebook. This is just what they did. Everybody's excited. You get this tons of engagement. Every post I put up, you know, Auntie Lulu likes it. And, you know, Uncle Larry, everybody's like, man, this is awesome. And then what they do is they search, they start making a tighter algorithm and saying, hey, you know, before it was, you know, 
80% of the people would see you and now it's 60% and now it's 25% and now it's 14% and it's called edge rank is their platform is their algorithm and you go, God, I don't know why I'm not getting that much engagement. And then guess what happens? They go, Hey, how would you like to boost your post for $5? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, well, that's kind of interesting. Hey, it's a no-brainer. Just click here. Well, you know, and then what they do is they open up the algorithm for $10. You get somewhat of the same numbers you got before, potentially, right? And so you're like, oh, okay, that's what you go. So now they've trained you to go easy $5 click. You're getting the, now you're going back to the same numbers that you want. And okay, life's good again, in theory. It's right. It's the same thing that's going to happen on Instagram. They open it up. Everything's great. Tons of engagement. You're doing influencer campaigns. You're getting free products. Life's good. You're once again, you're, you get your flying yoga mat, you know, everything's awesome. And then guess what happens? They start tightening up that algorithm. You're like, wow, I used to get 10,000 likes and you know, a thousand comments. And now I'm getting 2000 likes and I'm getting 48 comments, which is a different deal when I'm putting that together a media kit. It's going to say, oh, they're going to go, well, why did you, looks like you used to be crazy popular. Now you're not quite as popular. So your prices go down. So I can't charge as much. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where we run into the fake followers. That's why a lot of brands or, you know, some brands were jumping on and and influencers were adding fake followers because brands were looking at follower count as the main focus. So brands would go, and and this is only historically how it was, how people were charged was, Hey, if you have 10,000 people, I'll give you a thousand bucks. If you have 50,000, I'll give you 2,500. But if you have 250,000, I'll give you, you know, 50 grand. And they're like, oh my God. And those numbers aren't exact, but you get my point of like, yeah. you incentivize them to have follow more followers. And you're like, well, as an influencer, it took me three years to get 10,000. How do I get to 25,000? I got to fudge the game a little bit. And not everybody did that, but I'm just telling you that was, that was the premise of it. You, you told them, hey, here goes, you know, when to sanitize you to, to get more followers and then people go out and, and not everybody did this, but it, it happened and it, it's still happening. The, the thing is, and then people are like, and I read in the news, they're like, oh my God, fake followers is going to cost the industry 1.6 billion. What? Like, how does that happen? Like, who's looking at this and going, yeah, that makes sense. They have a million followers and they get, you know, 338 likes per Per picture. I'm like, I don't know if that makes sense. And I understand that I obviously have, I've been doing this a long time. So I can look at something and pretty much tell you instantly without software mm-hmm. what's going on. Right. But you have to, there, everybody has this thing called the spider sense, right? And this was given to us by, um, I think it's X-Men, right? Or whatever it was, Marvel Comics, Marvel, a long time yeah. ago. We, we didn't know this, but we've all been bitten by spiders. When you look at something and you go, you go, ah, something doesn't feel right about that. Guess what? Move on. Go to the next influencer, right? And, and and you just have to look at that and kind of, and now there is software. There's all kinds of great softwares that you can go to and, and find out if somebody, you know, is, has fake followership or doesn't or whatever, anything like that. So there's, you know, you can go do that, but just know that if you're looking at something, you're like, God, just something doesn't feel right, then that probably means something's not right. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I mean, that, that yeah. goes with and not only influencer marketing, but life in general in all business decisions. If it doesn't feel right, it doesn't look right. It's probably not right. That's it. If it's too good to be true, like, I mean, how many times my mom's like, if it's too good to be true, and I'm like, no, mom, I'm going to buy this land in Mexico for $38. Leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. I'm a grown ass adult. Exactly. And then next thing you know, the land is gone. And so yeah. is my $38. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Well, Shane, yeah. I, I love the, the conversation that we've, that we've been having. And as we come down to a close, 
I want people to learn more about what it is that you do, how you do it, um, where they could find you, where they could follow you. And, and I know you mentioned your blog that has a lot of amazing information, uh, but can you tell us, tell everybody where they can find you on all social media and internet platforms? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, on LinkedIn, it's just Shane Barker. So you can look me up there on Instagram. It's going to be Shane Barker as well. Uh, Twitter, um, unfortunately, this guy named Shane Barker got to my Shane Barker before I got Shane Barker. So Dastard. I am, I know I've been threatening that guy for years and he just won't give it up. And he, I think he does like a tweet every two years too. So I think he does that just to taunt me. <laughs> uh, Shane every Barker, time you message he, him, that, that's when he tweets. <sighs> He does. He's like, oh, yep, still got it. And he's like probably telling his whole family and just laughing about how this other Shane Barker is just like losing his hair, which I don't have <laughs> a lot left at this point. But um, yeah, so that is going to be Shane for Twitter. It's Shane underscore Barker. Um, you can go to my website. It's ShaneBarker.com. Um, that's S-H-A-N-E and then B-A-R-K-E-R.com. Go down to the bottom. There's a newsletter. I send out a, a letter every day on what's in whatever you're looking for in regards to stuff. It's just general digital marketing. I talk about PPC influencer marketing, SEO. I talk about alternatives to other softwares. There's tons of different stuff we write about. Um, and then if you really want to reach out to me directly, this actually is my personal email, um, which every time I do a podcast, I get quite a few emails. Shout out to my assistant that helps me sift through those. But um, it's just Shane at ShaneBarker.com. You can reach out to me anytime. And then if you're excited about, if you're an you want to be an influencer, you want to get educated on being an influencer, it's how to be an influencer.com is the website. Um, we should have the course will be ready here in the next few weeks. So but you guys can go there and, and sign up and put in your information. And we're actually giving um, early access because I'm only giving out to access to 200 people to test it and kind of make sure we have it all tightened up before we let it go to the public. So be kind of a, a small sample set, but we want to make sure that everything goes well there. Very cool. And all the links will be in the show notes. Uh, so um, including the email that if you do get bombarded, I do apologize. Uh, but all the links will be there and, and greatly appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Blind Entrepreneurship brought to you by Penji. Our guest this week was Shane Barker. All right, listeners, I'm sending a worldwide challenge. I'd love for you to take a look at your current to-do list. And if it is digital, do your best to find a way to make it non-digital. Go out and buy a copybook. It is probably one of the things that I can say has truly differentiated my 2019. Um, for the better half of the past five, six years, I thought that I could do everything directly through my phone. And although that is still relatively true, I think the one thing that I absolutely adore and love is the fact that I'm writing down my to-do list physically. It's just an absolute game changer. I'm able to visualize things more clearly, see my to-do list, um, write down the things on a daily basis that I want to accomplish, uh, not only from the day, but also my life. And so I, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. To learn more about Shane, you can head over to shanebarker.com. The link will be in the show notes. If you love this episode, it would mean the absolute world to us if you could drop a comment on this week's episode at tbeshow.com. It is the only way that we can cure blindness in business. And lastly, if you need a fast, simple, easy, affordable graphic design solution, we would love for you to check out penji.co. That is penji.co. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a great rest of your day.